you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 55 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Hi, my name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know. And today we've got a very special podcast lined up for you because we're going to be chatting to somebody who we've spoken to before. You should know her very well by now. Um, but if you don't, this is going to be very interesting for you because uh, Ramona S. Jaley has an amazing story. Um, so I would strongly recommend that you go and check out that podcast that we did with her. Um, it was really, really fun to speak into her. Uh, and, um, you know, it's wonderful to have her back as a guest again. Uh, but first of all, of course, as always, I'm joined by the wrestling kid, Rich Kid. Rich, say what's up, man. What's happening, people? Cool. And we're in the house, as I said, with our very special guest, Ramona Sujun Lee. Ramona, hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you back again. Um, we've had some internet troubles today, listeners, so um, things may be a little bit choppy, but you know what? Stick with us, as you always do, because this one is definitely going to be worth uh, listening to and checking out. Um, how's everybody doing, everybody? It's all good? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy here. I, I, I can't complain. Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the weather's a bit crazy over here as well at the moment, which I don't know if that's having an effect on our tech. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I posted on my social media, well, on the Wulong Talk social media, that this weather is a bit bipolar at the moment. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know how it is for you, Ramona, at the moment in Germany, if it's that bad as well. Or... The same, the same. The same, yeah. Okay, yeah, because it's, it's crazy. I, I, yesterday it was so hot, I was sweating and then today it's windy wet cold and yeah so i don't know anyway <laughs> um ramona said thank you for joining us again it's, it's great to speak to you again as always um and ramona's with us here today because she's working on uh, a movie as you know um for the upcoming adaptation of her book kung fu bodyguard um, now, we said in, in the previous podcast we did with Ramona, you, sh you should definitely go and check that out because we spend a lot of time talking about the book and um, some of the ideas behind it. Um, but now you've got to the stage where you're developing a movie for, from the script and things like that. So you must be really excited right now. Right. Really, really excited. It's my first feature film and based on my book. So it's really exciting. I'm mm. ready about it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Rich, you want to kick us off with the first question? Yeah, I mean, well, basically, first, uh, like I said, um, I'm part of Wulongs, but I, I haven't had a chance to speak to you yet, Ramona. So I'm going to say congratulations, because it's hard enough, like writing a book and getting that published anyway. And now you've got it being made into a feature movie. That, that's, those are two amazing things. So like I said, from, from me personally, like congratulations as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, but let, let's, let's kick off with the, with the set of questions. Um, so where did, I mean, to... Other listeners who may not have heard the original interview with Jason, 
um, and even though I've heard it, I wasn't actually in that interview. Just give us a brief recap. Um, where did the idea for Kung Fu Bodyguard come from? Um, the idea, actually, it's crazy to say, uh, it was just me. And I one day I said, I want to do a feature film. And this is how it all started. Like, I want to do it. I have no idea how. Um, I don't know any people. I don't know how, how to start this, but I want to do a film. So, um, yeah, as a novelist, the first step was um, writing the book. So I was thinking I should do a low-budget um, story, somehow with um, few cast members, so less characters, um, not that many locations or locations we could find or that are cheap to find. And a story that would be not that hard to act. So if I find people that who are not that actors, you know, professional actors or just stuntmen, uh, they could do those characters, they could act. So I wrote Kung Fu Bodyguard and um, yeah, the first step was publishing the book. I published it in Romania. So Romanian and I still struggle a little bit with English. So it took me a little bit of time to translate it to English. And yeah, I did a translation. So I had a novel in English and then I did the script based on the book. And it was also my first script. So as I said, it was a little bit crazy to see, you know, I want to do a feature film and I never wrote a script before. And uh, yeah, to look back at what I did and I came so far, it's, it's already amazing. And we're still at the beginning. Yeah, okay. definitely. Definitely. It is amazing. <laughs> amazing journey. Sorry, Rich, go. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, no. I was, I was literally going to say that. It was like, you, you, it sounds like you just, you had the idea and um. And you just decided to follow it through, which which I'm going to keep on, you know, keep on saying is that that's that's not an easy thing to do. Um, some people have ideas and just and just sit in it and, and never do it. But but right. yeah, but good on you, man. Like uh, for, you know, for realizing your dream and, and, and chasing it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, one day you say, I want to do this and you just start doing it. Uh, no matter how crazy it's, it sounds, even when I when I started writing books, I want to write a book. It sounded crazy as a kid. You know, I want to write a book. And then when I was 14, I wrote the first book. And it's crazy to say I want to do this, like a big thing, and then you end up doing it, and then you keep doing it. So it was a, the, the same thing with the movie, because um, if you don't start doing it, at least you can try, even if you, I don't know, don't succeed or, or anything. You just try, at least you tried doing it. And amazing things can turn out when you just um, start doing it, you know, just trying. And you see how, how it develops on the way. Yeah, yeah. It's all about trying. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's always tricky to take that first step, isn't it? I think that's what um, right. holds so a lot of people back sometimes from, from doing the things that they love is, is being, you know, intimidated by that first step and and what you may have to do in order to to kind right. of get to the point where you're you're ready to say okay yeah i'm doing you know my my thing now so yeah um, yeah it's it's always hard to overcome that really until your project has a shape you know mm. right now it has a shape we have the cast members we have the people working with us and i already know um how it's going what we're doing even though we don't have all the money we need we're still looking for budget and things but already we I know it looks already like a project, a real project, you know, not just an idea. I want to do this and I don't even have the people. So mm. um, I think the hardest part um, was already made or be, it's going to be easier from now on. I think so. Mm. Yeah, hopefully it will be. Um, in terms of kind of translating the, your, your book into a screenplay, 
Um, how long did that take you to do that process? Was there like a lot of different versions of the script that, that you wrote that differed from the book? Or, you know, did you have to write lots and lots of different drafts? Or was it just you kind of straight away saw the book, writ the book, knew what you were doing, and, and then just kind of transplanted it to, to the screenplay? Um, yeah, actually, um, altogether it took me those two weeks. I had two weeks off, so I did a translation to, to English and a script altogether. And it wasn't hard because, um, like I said before, so um, my books don't have that many description. So I'm writing the, the action with less description or more, more movement, <laughs> how I like to say it in books. So it was easy to do the script based on it. And I just did some research on how to write the script, like technically how it should look like. Mm. And, and, I, and I wrote the script. Um, later on, I, I, I didn't know that it was too long. Um, actually, a friend of mine from the industry, he is a stuntman and actor also, and he just read it and he told me, you know, that script is too long. That's going to be like a four hours long movie. And uh, uh, if an investor is looking at it, no one is going to invest in it because not because the story isn't good, just because it's too long. And I, I didn't understand what he was saying. And then I was looking at it and I just had too many spaces, like really spaces, blank spaces between the lines that made it um, even longer than it was. Because actually the story is a short story, um, like one hour and something. And the script made it look like a four or five hours long movie. Right. Hmm edit it again so it's shorter now and it's just perfect how it should be for for 90 minutes or something movie so oh, it was awesome. yeah it was my first script so mm -hmm. yeah sure i mean that's understandable i guess as you said it's your your first script that must have been a bit painful though you for you though on a personal level to to have to you know spend so much time writing your novel and and getting it to a point where you're happy with it and then when you come to do the adaptation, finding you have to cut things out of the novel to in order to make it, you know, fit for a screenplay. Hmm. I didn't cut out any action actually. Um, we did introduce some action. Hmm. Uh, it was all just about editing, you know. Um, and as for the story, we have some actors actors that are not in the book, and I introduced some lines and some parts for them, so they're gonna have some action um, in the movie, and it's not in the book. But it was just because we have the people and I wanted to introduce some, some stuntmen or some other actors. So I did introduce it. But, but the story, like the script follows this, the book almost step by step. Almost. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's well done on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, Rich, you want to get the next question in? Uh, hold on, hold on, because you, did you ask the, what, what was the last question that you asked? Because you feel like, you know. <laughs> As usual, listeners, Richard is the bastion of professionalism. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we asked about the adaptation of the script, so the, the next question. Oh, yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah, okay. No, what it is, okay, okay, listeners, what it is, Jason didn't ask the question exactly as it appears on the screen. So where like I've got like a short attention span, that's where I got lost. That's my that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. My question, Ramona, is: um, Were there any other movies that that inspired the script? Um, I mean, like, is that like, was there anything that you wanted to be like, or anything that you didn't want to be like? You wanted to try something different or go with your own voice? Ah, uh, I wouldn't say that movies 
But um, I, I wanted to be somehow um, 80s or 90s um, Hong Kong action style, um, the, the style, you know, the, the type of action. But I wouldn't say that I got inspired by any movie for Kung Fu Bodyguard. But I, I just like the 80s style. Somehow, somehow the 80s or 90s style, but uh, made in a 2018 or 2019 style. You know, just take a bit of Jackie Chan style, but made it make it in a modern way. You know. Okay. Um, that that's what I was inspired. Of. Okay, oh, nice. Okay, could you because you mentioned like 1980s, like 1980s, like Kung Fu. Okay, so I mean, obviously you don't want to. You just wanted to have your own take in it, but because, uh, right. like I said, I didn't get a chance to talk to you last time. So, what would be your number one kung fu film that you know that you would say that would would be a bit of an influence in, into what we might be able to see on screen? Oh no, that's hard. <laughs> um, I would say Police Story, like Jackie okay. Chan's story. Yeah, um, all the movies, Police Story. I was a big fan since I was a kid. Um, but that inspired more my Agent Zero Zero, so the other, the other book series. Um, and also, you know, Who Am I? Jackie Chan's Who Am I is one yeah. of my uh, favorite Jackie movies. And the funny thing about it that, you know, Ron is non known for the famous rooftop scene, the fight scene at the end of the movie. And yeah. Ron is now part of our cast. So this is actually amazing, you know. Yeah, that's okay. that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I remember um, when you told me Ron was going to be a part of it, and I, and I was like, I, I recognize the name, but I can't remember where from. And then I looked at his filmography, and I was like, Holy crap! He was the guy from <laughs> from Who Am I? Like, <laughs> Jesus, like, I didn't even realize, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, listeners, if you haven't seen Who Am I, like, check it out, man. It's it's definitely one of uh, Jackie's awesome better movies for sure. So um, yeah, yeah, check that out. But I hope as um, Kung Fu Bodyguard is inspired by um, 80s and 90s style Kung Fu movies. I hope it's going to be inspired by their fashions as well, because I love the um, the crazy wild colors that people wear in those movies. That's one of the things that always stands out to me and makes me laugh as well, because you look back at it and you're like, wow, people actually wore that in the 80s. <laughs> it's like it's just crazy. <laughs> Because they've all got like bright yellows and and really pastel whites and all of these kind of colors in their clothing. It was yeah. cool. It was cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. Although I suppose with the fashion world, everything comes full circle anyway, doesn't it? So it probably yeah. wouldn't even feel out of place to to do that now with um with Kung Fu Bodyguard. So yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, Ramona, is there a specific character in in the script that you? enjoyed writing more that you um kind of identified with on on a personal level um or did they all just feel kind of the, the same to you when you were writing them yes somehow i i like them all you know like when you have more kids you love them all um i should say that i like sophie the most because i'm going to act sophie mm. uh, but no actually Bo is my favorite um he's the main male um actor and mm. uh, character and yeah i think he's my favorite he's mm -hmm. he's more interesting than the others but all, all are cool i couldn't say no nah, i can't say that i like him more than other characters but if i would talk about the character i could talk about more more than talk about others mm. Mm. Like, uh, yeah i mean one of the things that I, I i like in the book um that you wrote is the relationship between sophie and Bo and how the, the two of them kind of connect with each other and 
um, the way in which there is that kind of respect that that forms between them, even though they're you know initially a little bit, um, uh, I guess, suspicious of of one another because of of the backgrounds and and what they go through in the story. Um, and this is not to give away any spoilers, anybody. So I'm not going to give away any spoilers as for what happens. But um, yeah, I mean, was that a fun aspect to to write into the screenplay as well? That that dynamic between the two of them. Um. Yeah, you know, Bo is a really interesting character because as an amnesiac, uh, he's someone who minds his own business, lives a simple life, and though he trains every day and is skilled, a skilled martial artist, um, he doesn't want any trouble. Uh, so first, he doesn't even want to help Sophie. Uh, he might seem arrogant or even rude, but at the same time, he, he's actually showing, uh, he's not really showing his real feelings, you know. And um, he starts helping Sophie only after the cook who raised him up is killed. So that's the reason, actually, he's helping her. But um, on the way, um, he starts to know, know Sophie better. And uh, even though they, you know, they start interacting differently um, on the way, you know, not like how it was at the beginning. He didn't want any involvement and um, almost hated her at the beginning because of what happened to the cook. So he develops during the story and changes his attitude towards um, Sophie. Yeah, yeah, that that is um, definitely, definitely quite interesting. I, I didn't like the, I did like the the, the kind of dynamic and, and the back and forth between the, the two of them. Um, and that's something I think would, would stand out really well in the script, especially in the tradition of, of, of those kind of martial arts movies and, um, the way in which those two types of characters would, would traditionally interact with each other. That's something that um, yeah. I think is going to be really fun. So it's a drama, they're dramatic, but then it's also comedy and you can also laugh with them and then you're sad and then you see that um, both starts having feelings somehow towards uh, Sophie and then he wants to help help her. But, you know, and then it's combining comedy with the drama between them. And um, that's really cool that um, I found Nicholas to, to be the actor for Bo. Uh, mm. He has that something, that charming, you know, Asian, Chinese, uh, traditional, you know, mm. that charm, which I couldn't imagine any other actor or stuntman I know who could act Bo probably better than Nicholas. And I didn't care um, how roles or even roles in movies he had or if he had none um, or how, how much stunt work he has done in the industry um, I just saw him and I was really convinced that no matter what he can do this role so that's why I gave him his character and I, I really think he's gonna do really good mm. as a I'm really convinced about that and Kai is also really happy to have Nicholas so really excited about it he's like made for it you know when I first saw him I was like that was the first thing I, I told him actually when we met. You know, you look like my character. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, um, he followed me on Instagram, you know, and uh, after some weeks, I just saw him on Instagram online and stuff. And um, I didn't check his workout. And until one moment, I just looked up his name on, on YouTube and I found his uh, acrobatics. And I was like, wow, this, this, this guy is cool. You know, and then I, I started looking at what he was posting and the videos, and I, I was like, man, I'm just writing a story, and he looks like the character, you know, I didn't. 
actually I was doing the translation and I had in my mind, uh, I'm gonna do a feature film that was in my mind already. And then I thought, now, wow, I have the lead actor, you know, it was all in my mind. But then we started talking and at some point I really told him, you know what, you look like my, my lead character in a story I just published. And he was so happy about it. Yeah, I'm going to be the next Jackie Chan. Thank you for that. It was just like a joke, you know, we just joked. And it was like, cool, if we do the movie, just let's do the movie together. Yeah, yeah, we should do the movie. It was like, oh, okay. But, and then I just, one day I, I just sit on my chair and I was like, what if I do the movie? And what if I ask him to be to be the lead actor? And it, you know, it was just in my mind. I was thinking about it. And um, one year later, because it was last year, um, I really said to myself, I should start doing this project. Uh, maybe Indiegogo fundraising, anything. Just somehow try to um, get the message out that I want to do this feature film, because. Because of the connections, I started having some connections in the industry, but still not enough. And um, yeah, I asked him and I told him, you know what? I just want to do TV. We want to be the actor. And he was like, yeah, sure. When do we start? And I was like, yeah, you know, when do we start? I don't have any plan. I don't have any money and, in, and nothing. But yeah, when do we start? And um, at the same time, I met Kai. Actually, I met him before, but we didn't really talk that much. And um, I, I remember I sent him my books and he was like, oh, we could film, you know, people could do um, movies based on your books. And I was like, yeah, that's the man I need. <laughs> <It was like, laughs> yeah, I like how you're thinking. And um, I really messaged him on Facebook, you know, it was like crazy. Uh, you know, I want to do this feature film. Do you want to be the director? And I remember he was like skeptical. He's sending some messages back. Yeah, what project? Who's involved? I just me and Nicholas Wang, do you know him? <laughs> he was like, yeah, well, um, he said, I, I don't know how to make fundraising or stuff, but if you um, can manage to have the budget, I want to, I, I can direct, I can do a really cool movie, you know? And I told him, okay, you don't need to do anything. I'm going to raise the budget and you're going to be the director. Because um, it was crazy that I said that I'm going to do everything because I couldn't do and I don't do everything, but... Uh, it was really important for me to have people around me, to have a team. Because all the time it was just me and I can't do a movie by myself. So I was really happy that um, Nicholas was so enthusiastic about it. And then I found Kai. I was like, okay, I have a team. And um, I started making plans and how to, how you know, the cast and what we need, locations and stuff to give them an idea of what I want to do. And then I said, we're going to do Indiegogo. Uh, I knew from the beginning that we would not make that much money on Indiegogo, so not enough money. But it was a, a, a way to advertise what we're going to do, you know, show the people we're going to do a movie and maybe um, we, we're going to find the people on the way. And I did all the business plans and stuff we needed. And yeah, then, then later we had Xavier involved, Xavier Lou and then Jordan and... Yeah, that was enough to, to have enough people for the poster. So Kai did this poster and um, yeah, we just put it online and was like, let's see what's happening. And um, yeah, <laughs> actually Kai told me last month when we met at the um, Fighting Spirit Film Festival, he said, you know, Ramona, when you messaged me back then, I was really thinking, who's this girl? And this sounds crazy. Are this <laughs> what this and why me? And what are we doing here? <laughs> 
And, I, um, and but it, he said it was interesting to him that I was so convinced we're gonna do the movie. I just need you and my team. We're gonna do a movie. And he said like, yeah, well, we have anything to lose. We just try it. If it's not working, it's a project. So probably, you know, <laughs> it was funny. But I kept doing, and I um, I knew that that they might think that about me. Um, and I, I tried all the ways to just convince them. Look, it's going to be something. Until we got at some point when they also told me, you know, this project is really going big. And I said, yeah, I told you. <laughs> you know, it was just, just the beginning. That was hard. Just me convincing people uh, I want to do a feature film. Because so many do short films just because of the budget. Or maybe they um, don't want to try to do the feature film just because they're saying, yeah, we can't make it. We don't have enough money. And I said, no, I don't want a short movie. I want a feature film. And even if we wait and... It's gonna take some time, but just let's try it. And you look where we have, we are today here, and you're um, getting closer to it. So it's great that I started doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's been really interesting as well to see the reaction online to um, what you've been doing, because um, certainly on on the social media, if if the social media is anything to go by, um, then you know people do re seem to be really interested in in the project, and especially given how um, you know kung fu movies and, and martial arts movies in general are are enjoying a, a real kind of renaissance at the moment and, you know, uh, becoming quite popular again with people. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it's, you know, it, it, everything is is going great for, for Kung Fu Bodyguard so far. So, really so that's great to see, you know. Really, really. And last month, even at the festival, um, I showed to, to some people, you know, the poster on my phone. And I was like, yeah, I saw that somewhere. And I, I, yeah, I saw that on Instagram or Facebook. I saw that, Are you, you're behind the movie. And I also met someone who asked me, you know, um, are you the writer of Kung Fu Bodyguard? And I was like, yeah, oh, that's so great to meet you in person. And I'm so glad you're a, well, you're a girl, you know, a woman behind the project because just men on a poster, men here, men there. And then finally there's, there's a woman behind such a project. And uh, I was amazed that so many people actually already knew about the project, even though they didn't know all of us or they didn't personally meet me or... or talk to me online, but they heard about Kung Fu Bodyguard and that something is going on there. So I was really happy that so that it reached so many people already. And we, we didn't even start filming. So this is really great. Mm, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, Rich, you want to grab the, the next question for her? Yeah, in fact, I was actually just going to, because you guys just mentioned something, which is, uh, I mean, we, we haven't discussed it, but I mean, well, do you, this this question actually is isn't on 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 the list. It's just coming straight from the front of my my, my head. But, um, but why? What, can you guys um say or give a reason as to the reason why um martial arts has had this like resurgence? Because um I mean, I mean Jason, you've always been interested in martial arts. Ramona, you sound like you've always been interested in martial arts, and I definitely have. But um, I'd say probably in the, in the last few years, it seems to be pretty much everywhere. It's becoming a lot more part of pop culture than than it than it was or than it hasn't in let's say in the last let's say 10 15 years do you guys think there's any particular reason why because i mean like i said there's you've got people who are seeing your stuff in there and it's now not just a a, a man thing now it's you know it's anybody can participate in it yeah do you do you, you know any particular reason why or any reason you can you can give to that anybody well should I start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, I've got my own take on that. But Ramona, yeah, you go first. Go ahead. Oh uh, well, 
actually you see action everywhere in Hollywood. You, there's action everywhere. And when they do action, they do martial arts, actually. It's just the way you look at it. Because people in Hollywood, they say that's an action movie. But there's no, almost no action without martial arts. So it's just because of how you promote these movies. If you say it's a martial arts movie, if you say it's a Jackie Chan movie, then, oh, yeah, he's doing stunts, he's doing martial arts. But you see all this in all action movies. You, do, you see stuntmen doing stunts. You, so you see someone action choreograph something, and it's a particular style of, you know, kung fu or taekwondo or anything. So it's actually, it's been around. It's always been around. It's just about how people promote it. Yeah. And I think this year's, last year's um, martial artists and stuntmen and people from this industry started to promote the martial arts in the movies again a little bit more than in the last years. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I think for me, what it is, is in part, I think, is, is new technologies and new technology developing things like um youtube and different various forms of, of social media they've kind of encouraged people to to be more independent and to to do things for themselves and i think where um martial arts has benefited is that it, it doesn't have to rely on you know the the studio system as we understand it yeah. uh for movies and uh, for content to to be provided uh people are now realizing you know they can get a camera themselves and, and start filming um, you know, the, the martial arts uh, fight scenes and their choreography and, you know, people and these people have, have often, you know, been lifelong fans of, of the genre. Um, and perhaps at the time when they got into the industry, maybe didn't know how best to um, to put their, you know, their desire and their passion for what they do on the screen. And and now, as said, with the development of, of technologies and the fact that people feel um, confident that they can, you know, find funding by themselves and can um, get the equipment by themselves. And, you know, as long as you know somebody who can who can operate a video camera and somebody who can do a bit of editing for you, then, you know, effectively, that's all you need. Um, martial arts movies in, in general, I think, are, you know, they're... <sighs> To, to steal a pornography phrase, sorry about this, listeners, but they're the they're kind of the gonzo of the film world in the sense that you know, um, like horror movies, anybody can do it. You just need to have um, you know a, a, an idea of what you want to do and and to be able to get some people together and um, and as you mentioned, Ramona, there's so many options for for funding you know online these days with Indiegogo yeah. and Patreon and all kinds of things like that that um, you know you can put these things together and and um create your your content and um yeah i think that also you know there's a desire within audiences as well to see it because as as you said ramona you know people have especially in the west have, have been seeing this for a long time and perhaps not necessarily appreciated that some of the people behind um you know these action scenes that you see in these big budget movies are actually martial artists in their own right and you know all they've done is just kind of taken their art and, and adapted it for um for the the needs of the the movie or the tv show that they're working on but um you know these people have always been doing this this thing and i guess now as said with with all of those kind of elements in play it's the perfect time for for somebody to be able to just do it by themselves if they want and you know as said you don't have to go to a major studio and try and sell your script to you know one of the big studios and then end up in a pile on someone's desk somewhere for you know three four years 
Um, yeah. You can just do it yourself. And, you know, and when you do it yourself, as we often see now, especially with the martial arts movie industry, when you do these things yourself, the big guys will come to you. So they will, you know, once they see what you're doing, they'll come to you and say, whoa, you know, we didn't know you could do this. Do you want to do this? And, and yeah. so on, you know, so. The only way, it's the only way because nobody knows us, you must say, you know, mm. the, the big people in the industry. Um, there's no other way you can you can't just run after them and yell you know I, I I'm writing stories and all my shots take me in your movie this is the only way to demonstrate um, I'm doing this and I might be good at it or have a look but you just have to do your own thing to to show to show the world and to show the people you wanna you wanna work with or maybe just meet or anything it's it's the only way to to do your own own project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, what's your take, Richard? I mean, you asked the question, so you might as well give you a ten pence. I don't know. I, I, def I definitely agree with you guys. Um, I like for me, it's just one of those things where, you know, me, Jason. Like, I'm the type of person I, I will sit through like an hour and a half film that's pure nonsense just to see like some, you know, five ten minutes of like good martial arts choreography. And um, I, I, I don't know. And I think it's just. Like I said, it's something that's been taken a lot more seriously as, as like where you've got certain films that are, have started to up the stakes um, uh, and, and put a lot more time and effort into it. So, I mean, you've got something like The Raid, which came out quite a few years ago, yeah. which I, I still consider it was a bit of like a fad. Um, and the reason why I, I, I'll explain what I mean is that when I say it's a fad is that it was a fad in relation to the martial arts that it was promoting. So, for example, like years ago, you had like Ong Bak, which in which reintroduced like you know the West to like to to real traditional Muay Thai boxing, even though it's yeah. been around for years. And then obviously all of a sudden everybody wants to be a Thai boxer. And then you've got something like the raid, which comes out you know maybe ten years later. And then it introduces people to Pinkak Salat. Um, yeah. So I I think that's that's in a way just opened up everybody's eyes into the thing of like well you know what maybe it's not just a thing of just doing like a, a block and a punch you know there is now like a rhythm to it that we really need to step up our game and it's not something that only you can do let's say if you're from you know, from japan or from china you've got amazing martial, martial artists from the uk like you know scott adkins you've got um okay. amazing martial artists from australia like richard norton as old mm. as he is I'm, I'm still sure he can kick some ass um yeah so no i so my take on it is that it's just that it's become it's just becoming a lot more mainstream in pop culture especially due to social media and like jason said is you know um, it's Gonzo. You've got people on Instagram just doing 60 second clips of them just messing around with a camera and yeah. just practicing tricking or, or practicing like a, you know, a wooden a form on a wooden dummy or anything. Um, but, but either way, I, I, I'm liking it because I, I remember like 10, like I said, 10 years ago, it was hard to get martial arts. Um, now you can like, you know, martial arts like McDonald's on every single corner. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, not all of it's going to be good. But, um, you know, it, it is now a lot easier to, you know, to filter through and, and, and get the really, like, good stuff and, like, and, and try and promote that instead of just being force-fed nonsense. So, yeah. yeah. But I definitely agree with both of you in, in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, Rich, last question. <laughs> okay. All righty. <laughs> um, okay. So, obviously, you've got this, uh, you've got this film being filmed. Um, this isn't the first book you've, you've got you've got a series of books um what direction would you like to go with um if you get a chance to film a sequel is it still going to be the same thing or 
is there going to be like a, a difference in tone? So, for example, let's say if you watch, let's say like Star Wars, like the, the first Star Wars, you know, it's it's filmed in a particular way, and then you get to like the Empire Strikes Back, and even though it's continuing a story with with, with same characters from the first film, the tone of it feels a lot darker, and it, and it deals with like different issues. Is that is that going to be how you're going to be approaching the sequel? Which I I can only assume is all you're aiming for, and fingers crossed is what happens. Um, no, actually, I wouldn't do a sequel for Kung Fu Bodyguard um, because I, I think it would destroy the story. Uh, some stories are just made to, to have sequels, uh, be serious, and some of them are just made to be one story, you know, one book, one novel, um, one feature film, and the story, you know, you are entertained to follow the, the story, the characters, what's going on, and but you, it just ends, and you want a conclusion at the end, you want to end, or you have it how you want it to have it, you know, who dies, who's going to be arrested, and um, it's just the end of the story, so even even if uh, readers or people who are going to watch the movie would say they would love to, to have a second movie, um, I would just suggest them, you know, go read the book again or watch the movie again if you love. <laughs> because I, I wouldn't do a sequel for Kung Fu Bodyguard, um, actually. Because I, I think it would just, um, it would destroy the first story. So it's just one story and um, it should stay like this. But I plan to do other other projects after this. So it's not the, it's the first but not the last. But, you know, I wouldn't do a sequel for Kung Fu Bodyguard. Okay. Really what we have so far in the cast, and you know, that's what I. Re- it's actually it's bigger than I imagined to have it. You know, as I said, we started with just me having an idea, then a joke. You know, Nicholas, I want you look like my character, and then Kai, who was like, "Okay, I'm in. What's going on? Who's this girl? What's she? What's she saying there?" And then we really started talking about it, and we we got some to a point where we both say you know, this can be a big thing. So let's just not rush into anything and just be patient because things are going well. And even even having like Mark Stuss in, in the cast with his wing flow system, it's introducing his own martial arts style, which is going to be awesome. And like big things there in this project. And I didn't even, even imagine that it's going to be so great. And like Ron, having Ron Smurenburg and in the cast uh, made me really happy because, as I said, I was a huge fan of Who Am I? And I remember I was a kid standing in front of a TV because the movie came was filmed in '97, came out in '98, right? And yeah. I, I'm born in '97, so um, I was like four, five, six years old, um, standing in front of the t- TV and. Uh, I tried to kick like the mister on the rooftop, you know, like Ron. <laughs> Taking off his jacket or from his feet. And I, I wanted to do the same thing. And I was like, Mom, I wanna I wanna do like this and I wanna be like Jackie Chan. So I started practicing uh, martial arts and, and it's crazy to to think that uh, I was watching their movie as a kid and fifteen years later um I get to work with that person I was admiring on, on the screen as a kid. And not just Jackie Chan, because many people admire Jackie, but that particular rooftop scene, I was a fan of it. So when I randomly uh, met Ron on Instagram, it was like, wow, that's the guy on the rooftop. <laughs> and I just tried to, to start talking with him somehow. And, and I was like really happy he was so nice. And I, I remember I told him about my books and stuff. And then, uh, you know, how small the world is that after 15 years of watching as a kid a movie, I met him, I meet him on, online. 
And he said he's really happy about, you know, to hear about my books and stuff. And he said, I'm proud of you. And I remember uh, it was one morning around 7 a.m. or something, I was walking to work. And I saw that message and I want to say that, that Ron said, I'm proud of you. That made me so happy that day. I was smiling on the way to work. And I remember I arrived at work and my boss was like, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing is wrong. I'm just really happy, you know? <laughs> it, was, it was the thing, you know, the world is such, it's such a small world. And um, I was just happy that he was so positive towards me and that I'm proud of you made me so happy. Um, and I didn't give up. Um, I had this dream of doing movies and I just kept going and look what I'm doing today. It's just because I didn't give up. So later when he joined the cast, um, I was just, you know, thankful and, and really happy about everything I have so far. Even even if it wasn't easy and uh, we still have um, a lot to do until we get to have the feature film. But um, in such a few months, it's been half a year or something, um, became really far, I would say. So I'm really, really happy about what's, what's going on here. You know, it's really amazing. Mm. Yeah, it really is. I mean, considering, as you said, the the process of developing a, a film and, you know, getting it from the point of concept to yeah. getting casting and funding and things like that, that can be a really lengthy process. Um, so the fact that you guys have been able to achieve so much so far already in the, in the sense that, you know, you've secured, you secured your cast, you know what your finished script is going to be. You've already begun, you know, sort of looking at locations and things like that. Is amazing, yeah, it, really. The money is the problem. <laughs> you know, the yeah, budget. sure. <laughs> well, money is always the problem, isn't it? But yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, getting the budget together and things like that, like how far off are you? I mean, you don't have to give a figure, but it, you know, how, how close are you to where you want to be in terms of the, the budget needed for getting the movie together? We have a small amount, but it's not something we would start. We just don't have enough. I mean, we have all the money we need. We want to start then. I wouldn't start now and then wait for more money or stuff. But uh, we just throw the budget plan again uh, with the rest of the cast members we have now. And... Um, you want to just talk again to the investors. There will be some investors who are interested, but it's just the way how you um, show them the project and to make them be interested in it. They said maybe, okay, I'm interested, but you need to convince me, you know, um, how does it sell or what's, what else is your idea? You know, we're at this point of just talking about this and securing enough money to do the feature film. So, yeah, but it's going good, I think. It, it's going, it's going great. Cool. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I would agree with that as well. It, it definitely is. Um, yeah, it, it, the business side of it is always slow um, from, from what I know. Um, you know, it's always um, a question of, of, you know, as you said, trying to convince the right people to to buy into what you're doing and, and you and know, to, to, to really commit to it. But once you can do that, then, you know, you're, you're up and running, so... Yeah, it's also the first time for me doing this. So I never did it before. I learned a lot on the way. So it was just, uh, you know, I just wanted to do it, but I had at first no idea how, but I started learning. And you're learning, you're learning also this business part and 
then you somehow do most of the things your own, you're going to, going to learn how to do it. And it's maybe harder at first because you have no, no help. But then on the way, you start learning yourself. And it's always good and to, to know how to talk to people. And I think, actually, for me, uh, finding the cast members was the easiest part. I just, you know, it's really easy for me to talk with people. And I don't even need to convince them. Um, I don't know. It just works. It works well. I <laughs> ask people and they're excited. That, that's been so far. You know, some people say, you know, I've never been so lucky as you. Like, I, I'm just get, getting rejections and I'm rejected. And I was, I know, okay, it happens to me too. So all people are not interested or looking down on me. That happens, of course, too. But um, I get a lot of positive reactions and that, that's what makes me happy about it. And it's also a thing that I'm a woman. Um, the only one so far here. <laughs> no, mm. it's the character, two other characters. But yeah, leading the project as a woman, sometimes people might be looking at what is she, do- she doing there, you know? Mm. Um, got some weird questions sometimes um, make me think about what's going on with this world. So mm. uh, once uh, a colleague asked me, um, what did you do um, so that these guys accept, accepted you in their project? What did you do? And I was like, what? <laughs> what's, what's wrong with this question? You know, what's wrong with you? And I get sometimes weird questions like, um, hmm. what did you do so they accepted you? Or how can you like lead this project? I, I, no matter if you're a woman or a man, you can lead a project if you know what I want to do. But it's sometimes harder as a woman. And hmm. even my age, you know, they're looking at me, she's young, she's a woman. Why is she really writing that? Is she leading the project? Yeah, I'm old enough to do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a shame really. It's it, it's a problem, you know, not just in the film industry but in life in general. But um yeah, you know, it's it's an issue where that that you're gonna have to confront, unfortunately. People are gonna question, you know. Um, your credibility simply because you're a woman, you know, or, or as you said, because you're of your age as well. Um, you know, people are, are, are going to dismiss and, and try to diminish what uh, diminish what you, it is you're aiming to do. But you know, I think that as said that you know, every, everybody can see how much you've achieved already. So, you know, if you can't look at, at what you've done so far in terms of your your work with the books and with completing the the screenplay. Um, and you know, if you can't admire that, then I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Obviously, those people have their own agenda, and and you know, there's nothing you can do about them, really. But but um, yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Well, Ramona, we've we've run out of our official questions, so if you don't mind, um, we'll probably just throw one or two um off the top of our heads at you. But um, Rich is usually the guy who freestyles well, so Rich Kid, um, I'm going to leave it up to you, man. Okay. All right. So, could you give? Uh, like I said, I, I, like I, said, I, lo- I love martial arts. Um, but I, th- the thing is, I'm that type of person that sometimes I will I will have to be in a particular for, um, sort of mood to watch a type of martial arts. So, for example, if I want to see like loads of wire work, then by all means, I'm going to go watch something like you know Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you know yeah. House of Flying Daggers. And then if I want something like nice and gritty and dark and, and bloody i might go for the raid or you know or like on back or something um what, what's going to be the tone of martial arts for, for for the film that's going to be coming is there going to be anything that's going to blow our mind anything new any form of homages um you know scenes or anything like that 
Um, yeah, you know, the story is actually crime, you know, because the parents, her yeah. parents, and yeah. Um, but it also has a lot of comedy between the characters, you, so you're going to laugh a lot also. Um, you're going to feel sad as well because when they are, you know, different scenes in a movie where you should actually, you know, should feel sad. And then it's just one scene and then there comes some comedy. So you're not really thinking about how dramatic that was because in a short time you're going to laugh again. So it somehow washes away, you know, the drama from yeah. it. Um, and not not really like Agent Zero Zero where you're just laughing and there is drama, but you're laughing. This is some Kung Fu Bodyguard is a little bit more dramatic, but also comedy, you know, and a little bit of romance. So you have a bit of everything in it. Um, and I'm I'm also um, passionate about psychology and mental illness. So I'm sometimes making research for characters and stuff. I'm like Bo is also amnesiac, so. Um, there's not many details about it, but you know that he, he can't remember his childhood and what was the reason Then he finds out and he want to revenge. So it's a psychological part, you know, of, of the character of him as a person. And sometimes I try to um, see how some characters feel or how they might feel in a certain situation. Or if you have, have a psychopath. Um, how he's feeling or how he's actually not feeling anything and he's happy about what he's doing. That, that's what I'm, I'm interested in. And that kind of gives some uh, feeling to the story, you know. Okay, okay. Nice, nice, nice. Um, okay, I've got, I've got another one for you. Uh, okay, so uh, we, I mean, you listen to our podcast, so you, you've heard us interview another guy who does another um, podcast called Kung Fu Drive-In podcast called Jeff. <laughs> And yeah. um, and the last time we spoke to him, I know he said that he was. In fact, we need to get him back on the show, Jason. But the last time we did speak to him, he said he was looking to take up a martial arts. I actually can't remember what it was. I think it might have been Taekwondo. Um, but is there any particular martial arts that you that you study or that you that you'd like to you know like to study? Um, I did I did study Taekwondo. That was way back in Germany. Uh, that was a time I I stopped training because of school and schedule and everything. And yeah, I kind of got back to training at home, um, but just working on flexibility and stuff. But uh, I lack a lot of training. But I would like to to go back to training, um, and also also learn um, action choreography. I really want to do that. So I hope that soon okay. in the future I can learn that too, and I could do that in movies through that. That was actually a part of my childhood dream. No stunts because I'm not good at that, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But yeah, action choreography. I would like to do that. And kung fu. Uh, I want to learn kung fu actually. Okay. Okay. Nice. 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 Yeah, because yeah, because myself and Jason, like we've we've dabbled in martial arts here and there, throughout our young. Well, I was I was gonna say young, but through our old lives, we're we're <laughs> we're, we're we're pushing now. So we we need to. Any anything we do now, we need to really, really think hard about the, the lasting ramifications. Yeah. Factor, in, factor in the um, the fact that you wake up in the morning with a dodgy back, dodgy knee, dodgy, dodgy elbow. It's like, oh, geez, yeah, I can't yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true, man. That's very, very true. Um, Ramona, uh, could you just uh, confirm for us the, the the names of all the cast as well? Because I think I, I'm not sure if we, we quite got that. So just for the benefit of the people listening, um, if you could just let them know who uh, officially is in the cast at the moment. Uh, yeah, so we have Nicholas Wang as Paul. There is me as Sophie. 
um, Steve Coleman as the leader. Um, you might have seen it online that Kai was the leader actually before. Um, but we made some changes and Kai want to focus on directing because mm -hmm. this is his first feature film. So he want to just focus on doing a great job as a director. And I'm sure he's going to do great. Um, so we have Steve. Um, it's really great because um, Steve has been British and European Wushu champion. So it's really great to have him in a team. Um, then, of course, Ron Smudenborg as uh, the uncle. So he's the lead uh, villain in the story. Then we have Xavier Liu, he's a stuntman. Uh, also, his dream is to be part of JC's stunt team. And he's actually on a good way to become a member of J Jackie Chan's stunt team. So I'm really happy for him. I just mm. needed, when I first asked him, asked him if he want to be part of the project, uh, I knew he was a Jackie Chan nerd. And I said, I, I need a Jackie maniac in my, in my team. <laughs> so I'm really happy to have him in the team. And then it's Jordan Licchio as Mark. He's a dancer, also a wrestler. Um, Alexandra Boar, which is a friend of mine. She's a really great actress, and I created this character for her. She's going to be the tall woman because she's tall. Um, and she acts really well. Uh, as I, I created the character knowing that she's going to be a great actress, even though she didn't have any, um, any roles yet. Um, then we have the leader's subordinates, um, Jay Chung, uh, Max Reposi, and Jackie Dunes, the old stuntman. Um, Jay is also doing music, so it's really great to have them all in the team. Uh, of course, really happy about Mark Stas. He's going to be Agent A. Um, Agent B is still a secret. We have someone, but um, we're going to reveal that later on. And um, also we have Sam Mack. He's also a junior Wushu champion. Um, we're going to create a character for him, really cool. Uh, but still, we don't have many details. For mm -hmm. And I hope I didn't miss anybody. Oh, yeah. And uh, we have a cute little actor. Uh, we actually talked about that. It's going to be Nikki Smurenburg. It's Ron's son. Uh, he's going to act the mini, the mini version of Bo, you know, the young version of Bo. So we have Nikki and Nicholas. It's really cool. I'm, I, I hope that it's going to work out well with him because he's really cute, really nice, and also started training, and it's great to have him in the team. So, yeah, that's the, that's the cast so far. I hope I didn't miss anybody. <laughs> oh, they, <laughs> I mean, man, I, I, I need to open Google now, you know, Google. Let's <laughs> yeah. double check, otherwise they might be listening at home going, what the hell, you forgot about me? <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's cool. Thanks a lot for that, Ramona. So um, in terms of, you know, how people can find out about how the movie is progressing at the moment, um, where's best for, for people to go to, to look that up? Um, Ramona S.J. Lee. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, on that name. And um, if you Google Kung Fu Bodyguard on Amazon, Kindle, you're going to find a book. And also Agent Zero Zero, the first volume, it's available in English, even though I'm still struggling with my translating into English because, yeah, you know, English is not my native language. But, yeah, the two books are available on Kindle already. Cool. Sweet, sweet. Um, and for uh, Kung Fu Bodyguard, I think I've noticed there's already a, a IMDB page um, available for that. Um, yeah. So I think if if you're interested, listeners, you should definitely head over to imdb.com 
um, and just type in Kung Fu Bodyguard and you, you should get the, the main page there. That will give you quite a bit of information as to how the, the project is developing and things like that. Yeah, um, on Instagram and Facebook page. Mm. So Yes. But we have, we're going to have more details when we really start. Um, we're going to also make a new poster with all the cast members. So we're going to post about that. And uh, hopefully soon we have, we got to start filming. So we're going to keep everybody updated online with how it's going. And I hope that 2019 is going to be a good year for Kung Fu Bodyguard. So everybody can see a feature film. I'm really excited about it. Cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, Rich, did you want to add anything else before we wrap up? No, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Like I said, I'm I'm happy that I finally got a chance to to you know to speak to you, Ramona. Um, you've been following us for quite some time, and we've been following you back for quite some time. So it's, it's good to pick your brain, man. Like I said, um, well done on on how far you've come so far. Like uh, you're definitely showing like a, a determination that can that that can inspire quite a few other people who are obviously trying to break into this type of type of field as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for, um, you know, promoting it during the podcast and also for supporting from the beginning. I really appreciate it that you guys are supporting me and the project, and yeah, really, really happy. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, it's something we want to do here. You know, we always want to support um, good people who are, who are doing good work and you are doing good work absolutely so um you know it's an absolute pleasure for us to to you know be a part of of the journey with you and um we will absolutely make sure that we keep on supporting you uh, throughout that process as well um so yeah thank you again ramona sj Lee, for joining us um as said it's been a real pleasure talking to you as it always is um, and guys, as you said, you know, you've heard where Ramona's at. So make sure you go and check out the social medias um, to stay up to date with all the things that are developing with Kung Fu Bodyguard. OK, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, so, yeah, we'll say goodbye. Um, thank you again, Ramona, for joining us. Um, and Rich Kid, we're out here, man. So say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You actually sounded like like a kid then. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and it's a goodbye from me, listeners. You take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 